Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond the Fence podcast, and we are returning to our little Ashes mini-series. We did this last year, but uh, due to reasons beyond my control, namely our first guest's alcoholism, uh, we've missed the first test, but we are back to review the second test, and as in keeping with the spirit of the pod- of podcasting, I'd like to introduce both my guests with the appropriate esteem that they deserve. Uh, writer for The Raw and someone who makes Ben Duckett look like Cameron Green, Ryan O'Connell, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I presume you're talking about height there. Is that, is that a height joke? Is that what that is? Oh, mate, look, interpretation, I don't know. However you want to, whatever you want to. I don't, what, do you know about Ben Duckett that I don't? Uh, hello, Ben. How are you, mate? Good. It's been a while. It was Ashes last year that we last spoke? Yes, it was. Well, no, we speak them before, though. We speak well, no, them well, but we haven't done a podcast. Yeah, uh, do we? Well, we speak every day, Ben. Don't tell me. Trying to act like we're not friends. <laughs> Don't tell me about that. Uh, and second, our second guest, um, I could make all the cheating references I wanted. I could make all the fraud references I wanted. But in reality, he's a writer for ESPN Australia sometimes, and he taught WG Grace everything he knows. Steve Smith, how are you? I'm very, very well. Just let's keep this short, please. Uh, Ryan? <laughs> Ryan? Oh, dear. An, an, oldie, bit of, we, an oldie bit of goody. And I don't talk about, yeah, I'm no. not talking about the joke. B, ooh. Oh, this has gone off the rails so, very quickly. Just seeming them around earlier, this has gone off the rails very quickly. Have you seen, you've seen the, uh, right, you've seen, no, oh, I'm great. You've seen the, the, pitch, the pictures from Headingley, right? It's a green top already. It's absolutely hooping. Can't yeah, wait can... for this, genuinely. I genuinely cannot wait for this test. I've never been more excited about a test match. I, I saw um, someone was like, oh, it's because obviously the, the pitch is still in preparation and someone's got smart. They haven't put creases on there. Well, it won't affect though. No. Uh, I tell you what, if, if, if the first ball goes down and Alex Carey takes it and doesn't have a shot that dumps, then what are we doing? Honestly, I, just just pack up the game and, and quit it. If he doesn't take the piss and have a crack at the stumps first time he gloves the ball, I will be very disappointed. Pat Cummins runs in first over at one point, just tries a man cat. Just, <laughs> just mimics one and just grins, just has a big shit eating <laughs> Agreed. I, that's all I want. I agree. I highly agree. Lean into this now. I've, I've had enough. Lean into it. Have you seen the? Uh, we've started early, but the video of when Paul Collingwood take. Oh, sorry, when uh, Ryan Sidebottom takes out Grant Elliott, and then Paul Collingwood, like on a run out, doesn't withdraw the appeal. Maybe just if they take a quick single in the first over, just the sneaky. I wasn't looking, sir. Hip and shoulder. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. No, let's let let's wind it back to before the second test and the changes from what was a thrilling first test at Edgebaston. and there was just one change for each side. Let's start with. The English ones that will spend the least amount of time on it because honestly, Josh Tung for Mo and Ali doesn't really care me up at night. Don't know about you. <laughs> no, I mean it wasn't a, a dramatic change. I actually thought uh, he bowled quite well, Tung. Uh, I think he was probably, if not the pick really of the bowlers, I, th- I think he had certain spells where he actually troubled the Australian batsman quite a bit and got the ball to jag a bit. So I'm actually surprised as hot, hot off the press that he's been dropped for the next test. To be honest, um, I thought he I thought he bowled really well and actually troubled a couple of other batsmen at key times uh, yeah one test and then a rest what a... <laughs> I think the names that have come in like if you've got Wokes and, and Mark Wood coming in I think they've got 
pardon the, pardon the phrasing, but runs on the board, right? So um, you give him a look at test level. He was good. Um, reminded me a little bit of you know Angus Fraser a little bit um, in terms of on debut. Just like Oak said, you know, a few sessions there where he, where he troubled our back. So I think that's a really, really solid debut. And if you rest him and, and you bring in guys who have already got test experience, that, that kind of makes sense a, a little bit, I guess. The other thing is it's a pretty quick turnaround. So we don't know how he um, yeah. recovered, to be honest. Um, he obviously yeah. got through a fair, fair few overs and he's fairly young. So he might be better for the rest considering it's a fairly compressed series. But going back to before this one, obviously Mo and Ali dropped for having the fingers of an 80-year-old crustacean. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like, Smith? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 no fun. Um, I get why he was using that drying agent. Have um, you um on, on on his hand, but not the ball? So just to be clear, when you were when you um, were writing when you were writing of mice and men, did the, were you did the Vaseline glove in that? Was that inspired by your own day to day or? I, I don't understand oh. that reference, Benjamin. There's a, <laughs> I, I, Ryan's losing his <laughs> mind. I think he gets it. <laughs> No, no, I think, uh, look, in all seriousness, uh, bringing Moen Ali back is an interesting one for the third test. Like, obviously, that, that injury is, is healed, but he wasn't exactly uh, wasn't exactly effective, was he? I guess the injury is part of that, but who else have they got, really? Joe, well, they've Joe, got no one. If you Joe Roots, their best spinner. Depth, you know, they've got no yeah. depth with the spinners. They had to recall, well, not recall, they had to ask Moen to come back out of retirement come to, to out, play. Yeah. So they've clearly got no spinners. I mean, there was a young leg spinner that they picked in the squad um, for the Lords, wasn't there? Rain Ahmed. Yeah, there was. Yeah. yeah. So they clearly don't have the confidence that he, he's ready yet for test level. Um, and they've gone back to, to Moen, which is it's a bit of a shock, to be honest, because he didn't set the world on fire, as Smith said. Um, but, you know, he, he does offer a little bit more with a bat as well, I guess. Maybe they're looking at that. So he's a legit all-rounder. But, yeah, not the. Uh, I don't think the Aussies are losing sleep with Moen getting recalled, put it that way. But I mean, I mean, you know, Moen Ali was retired, and is is the benefit between recalling a guy that's you know, I wouldn't say on the, past the brink, he's gone, in, in favour of <laughs> keeping or giving a new guy a chance. Like what the payoff surely isn't anything substantial, and like I just wonder what message it sends to like the next generation of spinners. Like we would rather pick a guy who doesn't want to play anymore than play you. I guess the part of that is, do you drop a a promising young spinner into the cauldron of a, of a second or a third test of an Ashes series, because that's 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 really putting their feet in the fire, isn't it? Well, considering and England, if think, not, considering England think they're up two games nil, I would have thought this is the perfect time to well, play the spinner. There's no pressure, you know. Yeah, the Ashes are point. half one already, so now's the oh, perfect look, time to throw someone in. <laughs> got, got the champagne on ice. <laughs> Did you read that Guardian thing from Liu? Yeah, Harry said we're going to have the, the odd event after the third test where both sides erupt in celebration. Yeah, the, vi- the vibes ashes. They're 2 they're, they're up in the vibes. Uh, but let's go back to the start of it. Uh, Edge Baston. The start of Lords. We lose the toss and are sent in. What would you have done, Captain O'Connell? Oh, I, I, didn't want, I didn't want to bat those overcast conditions, Lords, you know, that there was, I, I think it was prime bowling conditions, if I'm honest. I think England wasted the new ball and wasted uh, the opportunity to put us under pressure, to be honest. I think their length and their lines were both wrong. Uh, the ball was actually hooping around in that first session before it settled down and then it stopped swinging a little bit. But I actually thought we did really well and, and kind of, 
overcome some pretty good bowling, well, not good bowling, overcame the, the conditions that were there. And I think England wasted it, to be honest. I um, I agree with their own, their own assessment. They expected things to happen. I think yep. they just thought they'd put the ball, send the ball down there and, and we'd, we'd nick, them, nick off and, and away, we, away they'd go. But, yeah, I agree with, with Oak. Like, we batted incredibly well given the conditions. Um, 73 for the first weekend in those conditions is, is priceless. Yeah, and I mean, the opening stands in both innings, considering the, Australia's weakness in the batting, you know, Kawaja has been in great form, but David Warner hasn't really held up his end of the bargain. And to see him with that 60 odd in the first innings, it's, and then a 60 odd run partnership in the second innings, starting to make a few runs, obviously an impressive innings, I think, given, like you've both said, he had to bat up front when the ball was probably doing the most irrespective of the, the lengths that England bowled, whether they gave it enough of a chance early on. But I think it was good to at least see Warner sort of return to a little bit of not vintage Warner no way but you know 66 off 88 in the first innings definitely got Australia off to a really promising start and it just allowed the middle order to build off that yeah I actually thought he batted quite well in the first uh, first test to be honest I think there was some signs that he's just starting to move his feet a little bit more and just re- not just relying on his eye and not flashing outside off I think he was waiting for the ball to come to him yeah. he was playing underneath his chin which is not necessarily sometimes his strong suit you know likes to play away from his body which gets him in a little bit of trouble um, when he doesn't get his foot to the pitch of the ball. So I actually thought there were signs without necessarily the runs being there in the first test that he was just starting to not necessarily come back back into form, but at least just being a little bit more patient. And then he actually capitalised that in the second test and actually put some runs on the board and good runs as well. And then obviously Kwaja is a perfect foil as well because he's just so patient. Uh, he doesn't play at anything you don't make him to. And you know, England wasted it. They were too wide early on. They didn't put the ball on the stumps and forced shots to be played. Kwaja's just too patient. He's just too mature. Uh, he knows his game very well at the moment and he just waits for the balls to hit. So, you know, when you get that combination going up front where Warner, even when he's not at his best, was still scoring runs and Kwaja was being patient, it was a very, very good opening stand in tough conditions, but bad bowling. Well, not bad bowling, but just not as good a bowling as it should have been. It was indifferent bowling, wasn't it? Yeah. Just lacked a bit of. I mean, you know, to be fun, to be fair, down one nil in the series at Lords, good conditions. They're just a bit flat, to be honest, which is a bit a bit funny. And you know, I don't know whether Anderson's showing his age a little bit, and you know, Robinson's not expressed pace. Um, maybe they just didn't get their selections quite right for that second test either. Um, you know, would love to see him wood in those conditions, for example. Um, but yeah, they were just a bit lackadaisical, and you know, they copped it from their own press in that first day. Let let us get a pretty good first inning score. Wasted that new ball and wasted the conditions, and they were playing catch up from then on. And they did get did well to get back into the test, but geez, they made it hard for themselves on that first day. I think Anderson's probably been a bit stiff because he was clearly over the over the two innings of the test. He was their most economical bowler. He just lacked some some bite and some penetration. Penetration, penetration yeah. Yeah, and just I didn't take wickets, but at least he wasn't leaking runs. The rest of them went over four and over. Yeah, yeah. That's a point I was going to make. And obviously, when you pick, usually when you pick a four seam attack, one of them is going to be just your out and out express paceman. And you know, Tongue kind of filled that role without. You know, he was still probably he'd still slower than any of Australia's pacemen. But yeah, just the entire English attack, it just felt relatively comfortable to face from a speed perspective and I think pace makes batsmen uncomfortable and so once the ball stopped 
moving around it like early on, then it just really allowed Australia to get into their work. And I think that's exhibited by not only the opening partnership, but then you look at another solid hundred run partnership between Marnus and Smith, you know, hundred run, hundred of runs for the fourth wicket too. Um, yep. We won't talk about Cam Green, but just really solid partnerships <laughs> throughout the innings. And I think that just showed that it might not have been easy to get in on the wicket, but it was easy enough and it was comfortable enough that it, it was probably quicker to get in and just, you could ride out some early pressure and then you could look to score from there because it just wasn't that penetration with the bowling attack that, that you know, we would expect from an English attack at Lords. Yeah, and when you're letting... When are we having the Cam Green... <laughs> go. Sorry. No, you're okay. I was just going to say, when are we going to have the Cam Green discussion? Oh, we'll get there in a second, but let's just... Okay. All right. All right. Keen to that. Well, it sounds like we might have a disagreement, which is good. <laughs> no, probably not. It's probably more me disappointment more than disagreement. Yeah, we'll get to Cam Green later. I've got Cam Green noted down. Just relax. <laughs> All right, sorry. It's your podcast. Sorry. I know. Yeah, um, sorry. Just, yeah. How bad? Yep. Just I hope the nurses don't hear you yelling and just run in. Again, I don't understand what you're talking about, Benjamin. <laughs> That's all right. We do. <laughs> no, but back to my original point. It just seemed like the partnerships <laughs> were just flowing throughout the innings. They were, yeah, I mean, it, well, England missed a treat because Smith and Labuschagne both underperformed in the first test and it's been a while since you could probably say that for the Australian team and yet they still went away from that test with a loss. Um, it was probably at long odds that both Smith and Labuschagne were, were going to have a bad test again. And, you know, Smith's 100 in that first innings was sublime, to be honest. You know, he clearly loves playing over there in England. I mean, he loves playing everywhere. He scores runs all around the, the world, to be honest, but... Geez, when he's in that form, he's just he's beautiful to watch. He's just a classic old school test cricketer, even though he's got some quirks to his batting. But, you know, with all this baseball talk, it was kind of refreshing just to see someone just put away the bad ball and take the single when it's there. And if it's not, shoulder arms and let the ball go through to the keeper and just be patient. Um, baseball's exciting. You know, I'm sure we'll get into that all later. There's a, there's a thrilling element to it. But that doesn't replace someone who just scores runs. You know, you can have your cheap 40s and exciting 40s all you want, but give me a, a well-crafted 100 that sets the match up for the, the team in the, in the first day. Um, give me that any day in Test cricket. I, I think quirk, Quirks in his batting is polite. I mean, you've seen the video that came out today of him, you know, identifying his bats blindfolded that, you know. Oh, he's a weird egg, let's be honest. He's a, he's a, he's, oh, yeah. he's, this is... Cricket nuffies think Steve Smith is a cricket nuffie. That's how much of a... He, he's, is... he's, he's a unique individual. It's just testament, really, to the obsession for him, isn't it? Like, just all he wants to do is bat and bat and bat. Like, you can't you, you can't get him out of the nets. This is... It, it is an obsession with him. And I have, he, even he said he has no idea what he, else he would do in his life if he didn't have cricket. Uh, there's there's some theories floating around. There's a few. Uh, uh, my personal favourite is that I think he would be one of those guys on YouTube that makes videos highlighting continuity errors in film and TV. <laughs> oh, I've I've got him. I, I think he'd be a train spotter. Train spotter, yeah, oh, to a guard of the regional aviation museum. That's he'd good. be an anorak. He would absolutely have a notebook filled with train train numbers. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> something weird. Um, on the Australian middle order though Smith obviously his 100 was outstanding but I think once again and he's shown he can do it all around the world but Travis had a quick fire 70 odd to just really put the foot down get the scoring up he did it you know in the summer in 
Brisbane, I think it was, where his innings really set up, if not that match, the entire series. It just seems like that's becoming his role to be the the drop-in baseball of the Australian team, if you want to label it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the yeah, benefit just... of him is much like Gilly in his heydays. You know, if the team's struggling uh, and the opposition's on top, and someone comes out and scores a quick fire, sixty, seventy, or even a hundred, it just completely changes the momentum of the game. is quite uh, disheartening. On the flip side, if the the top order have piled on the runs and a guy comes on and scores quick runs, it just piles on the misery and takes the game out. It's completely out of the opposition's hands. So, you know, when you score that freely, it is quite demoralising. But he does it with controlled aggression. You know, I think that's been the criticism of baseball in the first two tests until the fourth innings where I think they batted a little bit more circumspectly but um, you know he's, he's in sublime form and, and hopefully he doesn't waste it because uh, these periods don't always last unless you're Steve Smith <laughs> <laughs> he um, he hit one less boundary in like 110 less deliveries than my namesake like that's <laughs> that how right? Jeez. yeah that's how positively so Smith hit 15 boundaries in 180 odd deliveries yep. Travis Head had like 14 in 73 deliveries. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean. But that's but that, that's how it works, right? Like Smith has the sheet anchor role there and, and it lets Head freewheel yeah. at the other end, right? Like it, it's, it's really complimentary batting. Yeah, agreed. Do you want to talk about Cam Green now? Smith is apparently sure. dying let's, to. Let's so have this let's discussion. Let's do it. <laughs> no, no, let's let, let's just have the discussion because I'm just the the raps on him have been so big from all of us, and I, I'm just so I'm I'm so disappointed that he hasn't taken the ashes by the scruff of its neck. I was really hoping he would. I, I thought this might have been like a real breakout series for him. What do you mean? Well, he, he did take the key wicket. He took the key wicket of Besto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, do we do we want to talk about the rest of these bowling? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I was going to bring him up in reference to his bowling, but I think both aspects of his game have. To be honest, yeah. I think he's I think he's a bit um, hard done by with his bowling. He's clearly been told to bowl like that from the minute he came into the the team. He's always no, played sure. this enforcer yep. role, and, and even on back to the Indian series where he kept on banging it in, and everyone's like, "What are you doing? Like, pitch it up! Like, I that's know. what you need I to know. do against these Indians." And then once he did, he started to take some wickets, but he's clearly bowling to a plan and being told to play like this. He's a fairly smart cricketer despite being quite young. He's got a good head on his shoulders and a good cricket mm-hmm. IQ. Yeah. He's clearly bowling to either captain or coach's tactics and it's stupid because he's so much more damaging when he pitches the ball up. I'm sure we'll get into that fourth innings bowling later, but just he, I think he's hard done by what he's, his role he's been told to do because he's a, he's a better bowler than what he's shown. He absolutely is. Where are we at with the batting then? The batting is what I'm more concerned about at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, because... I mean, he's a, he's, he's a really nervous starter, and yeah. it hasn't improved. From the day no. he came into the test team, he, he, he consistently will be zero or one off 20, 25 balls, and it puts pressure on the batsman up the other end, to be honest, because the drying runs up, and he's, he's, he hasn't added mm. these little nudges and, and these little flick off his pads just to get little singles and rotate the strike and just keep the runs ticking along even before you start playing these expansive shots. And I think it just puts too much pressure on him because you look at the scoreboard and he's one off 30 or something and it changes the momentum of the game and he's just got to have more gears to his batting. Once he gets in and once he gets past that, I don't know, it's an arbitrary number, but 30 balls, he does, does start to play a few more shots. But you don't always have the luxury of still being in after 30 balls when you're that slow. Nah. So it's it, it, it's it's... It, it is a concern. The talent's clearly there. Um, we've seen some great innings from him, 
but geez, they're they're a bit far and few between, aren't they? There's um there's some early Shane Watson energy to this, yeah. to this test batting. Yeah, good shout. Yeah. Um. So I don't know whether we need to make him opener or. Um, <laughs> but but he, he's, um, he's block or boundary. And, and, oh and no, that's that's, that's exactly, not good enough yeah. for a test cricketer. No, no. He, he he doesn't graft runs. He doesn't manufacture runs, like you said. There's not that little that little clip off the hip or anything Soft like hands that. Or anything. Yeah. 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 Um, having said that, though, he's the world's best gully fieldsman, so he's in the team just for that. So I'm I'm fine with that. I mean, go, going back his last 15 test innings, you know, the 51 not out against South Africa and Melbourne on Boxing Day, and then that 100 against India aside, there's not a lot. Yeah. There's a top score of 38 from the other 13 innings, and there's a lot of single figures in there. Yeah. It's just... And I don't... There, there's a lot of Shane Watson energy, you're right, because I think he has that tendency as well to play around his front pad a little bit, especially yep. early in his innings. Mm-hmm. And obviously those pads, are prob- they probably, you know, go up to Ben Duckett's armpits, but... Oh, they're taller than they're... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to pull him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to yeah. go. <laughs> but, like, it's obviously a big target, and I don't think he's quite worked out. And this is just me being an armchair critic who doesn't really know that much about cricket outside of what I see on TV. But it seems like he hasn't figured out an, a way to effectively limit his susceptibility to LBW. And I'm not saying he's going to be a dummy his whole career at, at, with a front pad, but it seems like if you want to get Cam Green out, that it's a pretty big target at the moment. Yeah, and no, I reckon I, the other thing that teams don't do, and they probably could, is they could start crowding the, the field a little bit around him. Like, you don't need to have anyone on the boundary for Cameron Green in the first 30 balls. Like, he, he's not going to play those type of shots. No. And you've seen before, I think it was against India, once he hit a couple of fours, you could almost see the body language change, the shoulders relaxed. kind of got back a yeah. bit, and he relaxed. And then he started playing, you know, through the line, hitting some nice shots back over the bowler's head. And you're like, geez, you just need an early boundary and you'd be away. So, you know, that they, I think they need the Australian hierarchy just needs to work with them and just, maybe just bat with a little bit more freedom early on, get that kind of relaxed nature. Because the talent's clearly there. Like, it's it's unbelievable, his talent, if I'm honest, if, if everything mm. comes. And I can see why they're being patient with him because he adds so much balance to our bowling. As you said, Smithy, he's just an absolute gun in the gully with those buckets for hands. So he still brings a lot to the team. And I, I, I dare say they'd be quite willing to be patient with him. But it's also been a little while now that things hasn't changed. Like it's the same criticism or the same kind of concerns that yeah. he had when he came to the team and doesn't seem to be getting better. That would be the worry, I think. But I'm nowhere near ready to drop him, if I'm honest, if that's the next oh, question. No, no um, I don't I don't think he's in trouble. No, neither um, I, I just I just I, I think it's more just I think the rap song was so big for this series that we thought it might have been a breakout type where he where he really dominated with both bat and ball. Yeah. And that just hasn't eventuated. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see where he goes to. Yeah, and I think a lot of... Uh, look, he's safe in my team, but I think there was a lot of upset about specific... And like, we'll get into the bowling in the second innings later, but there was a lot of upset around his spell right before lunch on day five. And I think that's where a lot of the vitriol started coming from. Which, oh. bowling to the plan, sure. The plan sucked. We'll get into that later. And just quickly on the whole... Score around thing. I think it's a little bit concerning considering the way this series has gone so far, how slow he's starting, considering by the time he gets in, they've, they've already got eight blokes on the boundary anyway. So, mm. like, if you can't score against that field, yeah. you know, like, what, what are we doing here? But he, he doesn't have any, I'm going to 
make a make, make up a term here. He doesn't have any single strokes to his game. Like if you think about all the batsmen, the you know, the left hand is always good off their pads because they need it because the ball's coming into them, so they just tuck it around yeah. and get the one. You know, right handers have to be a little bit different and they have to have a little bit more kind of depth to their batting in terms of how they kind of nudge and nickel it around to to get off the mark. He doesn't have any of that. I, I can't think of what his shot is to get off the mark other than a drop and run. Um, Would you? But there's nothing. There's no pushes out to like deep cover or anything like that. It's either a full-blooded stroke, or it's a block. That's yeah. It. That, that's it's bludgeon or block. Yeah. yeah. There's there's literally no in between there. Who, who would you say has more shots? Him or your best mate Hamid? <laughs> uh, I don't think Hamid has one shot, does he? <laughs> so at least I think Cameron's I mean, well, got the well, two. For, for loyal listeners, it's all three of them. Last Ashes series when we were um, talking because Hamid was in the side, I think we made the comment that Jack Leach had more shots than him. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> because Jack Leach my, has uh, one shot. My lookalike, yeah, yeah. Pads. That's right. Whereas, like, yeah, Hamid must have made some of the most brilliant, breathtaking, eloquent. <laughs> Hundreds Eight. I've ever seen in county cricket for him to be anywhere near. He doesn't the... though. You look at his record; he doesn't even have a good first class record. It was like he won some competition through Starlight or something. To, to Charlie, for Charlie Bucket be, and be the MCG. Play, be a player for a day. Was, yeah. His first class average. I'll have to look it up. I'm pretty sure it was, was thirty one or something. It was low thirties. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Char- anyway. Charlie Bucket and the uh, Melbourne Cricket Ground. Uh, I've, I've closed the tab because I was looking up Cam Green's record to get those stats. Um, England's first innings, they were dominating. They were one, one for 180-odd, and I haven't written this down in my notes because I forgot about it. I thought we were going to be down, at worst, breaking even at the end of the first innings. But I guess that's the, the beauty of Basball is that you're never out of it as a bowling side because England will keep attacking by hook and by crook. But... I don't know what you made of the way the England innings ended from a neutral point of view before you laugh at it from the Australian point of view. Oh, from a neutral point of view, I thought it was appalling. I think basketball's all good and well, but you've got to have some gears to your batting and some match awareness. And yep. they had the chance yep. to really put the foot down and, and get a dominant first inning score. And they just continued on this merry way of, oh, we play basketball and we play our shots and that's it. Whereas, whereas that's fine, that's great, but you've got to have some type of awareness of okay we could actually really turn the screws here if we just bat normally and you know one of the biggest culprits of this particularly in the first test i think was joe root to be honest he could have batted us out of that game and and he he got stumped playing a very reckless shot he was playing those ramp shots and stuff whilst they might have come off but you know the magical 40 that we all talk about that kp was talking about before punter put him in his pocket (laughs) i I actually thought they were much better in the fourth innings and i'd already written a piece just just absolutely rubbishing them that didn't get published just talking about how immature Basball had become and they'd actually that actually kind of you know read their own press and kind of swallowed their own medicine and all those other jargon terms about drinking the Kool-Aid but I think the fourth innings kind of they were a little bit better if I'm honest but I thought that first inning was absolutely appalling how they gave away their wickets if I'm honest like if you're if you see two batsmen before you go out hooking like what are we what are we doing here (laughs) Like I, I get again. We talk about baseball and being positive, but as as I said, have some have some shade and some subtlety to your to your batting plans. Like you can't just have the foot to the floor and redlining the engine the whole time, because Australia's too good a team for that to work against. Yeah. That's and that's the other thing about baseball. Who did they play before they played Australia? 
island. Right? Like, it's, it is, yeah, it is night and day. And it's been exposed. Yep. Well, they said it by the West Indies. That, that Ollie Pope dismissal, that you, you go a long yep. way to see a worse dismissal like than that in Test cricket, considering the occasion, the shot, yep. the delivery, was everything it, about it. Was it Pope or was it Brook? Not Brook, sorry, you're right. It was Brook. Yeah. Um, that slap, that was just like, that's, that's a bad the, shot. Got in to, that's a bad got shot to in 50. Yeah. <laughs> got to 50. 50 off 68, and he's set, right? He's been there nearly two hours and plays that. Yeah, that's, that's the oh. one. That was the one that even I was like, Disgraced. I was I was embarrassed for him at that yeah, shot, and because it's like the field is so spread, I, you don't need to hit it for six. You can just no. like you can miss hit it. I mean, he missed it to the one bloke who was in the circle still, but you could miss hit it anywhere else on the field and get a two, which I think is another part that both teams probably didn't do a great job of was picking up twos with any regularity because of the way the field was so set. It just seemed like both teams kind of devolved into a bit of a boundary or nothing mindset, especially as a bit of a counter-attacking strategy to what eventually ended up being, you know, World War Three body line. <laughs> Harry Brook was, he was the one that said at the start of the series, you know, the faster the faster they bowl it down, the faster it goes to the boundary. <laughs> I really hope he he woke up at 3 a.m. every morning of that test after that dismissal thinking about the stupidity of that <laughs> shot. Would that even make top five stupid things that the cricket, the English team have said? Oh, it's up there. Jeez, like that's a that's probably, a that's probably a, saying we'll win by 150 yeah, runs. That's the one I'm thinking of. It's probably it's probably my peak, but but Brooke at the start of the series talking talking wild without having faced a ball. Oh, multi <laughs> injected to my veins. Wow, <laughs> chef kissy fingers. Oh, <laughs> he so he didn't play last ashes, did he, Harry Brooke? He wasn't in the side yet. No. No. no, no so this no. is obviously the best bowling attack he's ever faced. By a comfortable distance, like one through one through five. Let's put Green in there because yeah. I think, you know, Green as a fifth or fourth paceman is better than a lot of teams' third paceman at this stage. Yeah. But, yeah, talking <laughs> talking wild like that after. I mean, England plays so many tests. He's probably already got more tests than Steve Smith at this at this rate. He's probably already on like 80 or 90. And he's like 22 years old or something. Um, No, that, that Brook one, I was going to bring that up because that, to me, was just so symptomatic of not realizing that that you can play all this aggressive style you can try and bring entertainment into it through boundaries and just being a power hitter but it's not at the cost of nuance and i know yeah. that's a wanky word especially when you talk no, about no it's sport. true though right we we had that right we had adam Gilchrist. exactly and we had early early career david warner as well sure and you know it, it goes all the way back to say dean jones like we've always had positive batters who understood that sometimes you can't, you know, gun it and you have to bat responsibly. It just doesn't work. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a nice balance that Travis Head's finding now. Let me go back to the earlier mm. point. Yeah, yeah. But even if you look at Travis um, Head's shots, like that he's aggressive, but they're aggressive normal shots. He's not doing anything yeah. like crazy, like, yeah. you know, charging quicks and trying to, you know, you know, ramp shots ramp. and all that type of stuff. He's not, it's, it's just yeah. positive cricket. He's not reverse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a difference between it's positive all... and foolhardy, which I think is the fine yeah. line that the English are treading at the moment. Oh, yeah. The damn the torpedoes approach, just, it's it's not, you're going to have some success, sure, but at, again, at what cost? Mm. Long mate, continue. <laughs> keep keep exactly. doing it. Cheers, cheers, boys. Um, 
let's go back to the first innings and like I mentioned World War Three body line. Obviously England started it and then we started hearing the you know, it's a legitimate tactic, which it is. I'm not doubting that. But fuck me. That was some of the worst like from a bowling perspective, some of the worst test cricket I've seen from both sides. And I would have understood it if the pitch had any life in it. Oh, but yeah, it, it yeah. was so it was clear to me as you know, a, a cricket pitch aficionado, a bit of gardening myself, after day <laughs> after day two, that that pitch was dead. And you could see, I don't think Stark's the greatest bouncer bowler, but the others in the team, like Cummins and Green, with their height and Hazelwood to, as well, and even on the English side, they're not fast anyway. But the balls are coming to like shoulder height when they're banging it in. You saw the pitch map. It's like they've bowled it at their own feet and it's not yep. going anywhere. And then, the hilarity that they started calling wides in our second innings bowling was just another thing that I won't even get into because I think the commentary started, you know, really hand-wringing about, you know, oh, the umpires, they need to be aware of all these wides, all these bounces. Like, brother, you got called for like one wide in your entire innings. <laughs> just calm down. So so let's talk about Australia's fourth innings bowling then. Sure. Because to me, because like, I think I tweeted something along the lines I've never seen Dumber fucking bowling. I do sweet to you, but occasionally, <laughs> just I, I genuinely try not to. Have you seen my mentions lately? Um, stop, stop but, impersonating him, then. Well, I'm not. I, I, I've, I've genuinely tried not to. Does, does Steve Smith, the real uh, one, pay for Twitter? Yeah, that's a funny one because he's got a tick, but I suspect it's been handed to him by Elon because he had over a million followers. Ah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Um, but I was just thinking about how the, the the harder the bowlers hit the pitch, the, the slower the ball came off it, right? And just how much, how dumb that was to keep doing that and hoping that Stokes would just finally hit one up in the air. And eventually it paid off. But oh, just, I'm still so mad about it. Yeah, I mean, Pat Cummins might feel like slightly... speechless yeah. rage. Cummins might feel slightly vindicated because it eventually worked, but they put they put too much pressure on themselves, I think, the Australians, to get to that stage. And on a small ground like Lords, you've got to remember, those, those grounds in England are nothing like Australia. The, the, the boundaries no. are way shorter. No. And i got a mate that was at the ground and said what was even worse is that they were bowling... Stokes was hitting with the wind. So they're bowling bounces yeah. to a short boundary, and he's hitting with the wind. And not only that, because they're pulling the same ball every time, you, you can just get into a rhythm. Like there was, there, yeah. Once he hit the first three, I go fuck. If you keep bowling there, he's just he's in the rhythm now. You've got to make him do different shots so he's not comfortable and he has to think. I can't, do I come forward? Do I come back? Do I play outside off? Do I play outside leg? When you just put the same ball everywhere, you guys would know. You just go, okay, well this is just like I get robotic, mm. and that's what happened. Um, Ricky just... Ponting's frustration <laughs> was palpable. Oh. Like Rick Punter on the broadcast was genuinely like plaintive he was what are they doing and i i genuinely felt for him too because he was like can somebody please you know for fuck's sake tell me what is going on here like he, he just and he made a really good point about bowling stark from the wrong end like yeah i think you know oak and and ben like we, we had all talked about like when they threw stark the ball we we're like well this this spell could well you know decide the yeah. test and Punter made the really good point that they bowled him from the wrong end. Yeah. Yeah, with the angle, I think. Yeah, because yeah. I don't, I don't know if you've heard, but Lord has a slope. 
Well, I've oh, bowled, this is the I've first bowled, time hearing about this. I've bowled on could balls, you so I can actually, yeah. I can actually tell you, Ben. It's, it does have a slope. And you oh, just, here we you go. Need to, you need to. Was, was it a slope, or were you just drunk? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's actually quite even. <laughs> um, well, you just got you just got uneven legs, mate. Um, yeah, um, sorry. Yeah, that, that bowling was some of the the, the dumbest I've seen, and they just mm. kept going to it. And I think at one point Stark kind of caught it but kind of dropped it over the boundary and I think that actually weirdly gave them confidence so that they were doing the right, right thing instead of the wrong thing yeah. um, they're like yeah. oh we're, gonna, we're close to getting him here I'm like no you are not you've just you know Stokes lives for those moments to be honest he, he, yep. he's a, he, he loves the pressure he's done it time yep. and time again in different situations so once he hit that first six which was actually in front of Square I'm like oh we're in a little bit of trouble here he, mm-hmm. he, he's, he'd lost Bairstow I think and he's like alright oh, I've got to put the yeah. foot down now and I'm like, well, if he just bats a little bit freely and we give him stuff to hit, this game could get away from us. And it nearly did. That lunch break could not come quick enough for us. So that was the, yeah. the just the but momentum even, was just enough to break it up and maybe get into the change rooms. Hey, hey guys, are we doing the right thing here? Let's have a question. Maybe McDonald could get involved and actually do some coaching for once. You know, it, it was it was that that lunch break was vital. I think to to just cool our jets because we'd lost the plot. Well, I. Part of it, yes, but like we didn't really bowl that much smarter initially after lunch. Like there was a period; it probably took about an hour, yeah. And then we we dried up the runs a little yeah. bit, but we didn't bowl any differently or any or any more intelligently no. after the lunch break. I agree, the lunch break was good in terms of the circuit breaker, yeah. yeah. But it's not That's like good. it was the, the 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 panacea that suddenly it, we could started tumbling when we came back after the break because we just still kept banging it in short, like just. One ball on the stumps, just one. So, yeah, and then Cummins uh, yeah. had a little. Cummins had a little mini spell there where I saw. I, I've never seen. Or well, I can't remember Pat Cummins bowling a slow ball, but he did. He bowled a slow ball Yorker, and then he followed up with the Yorker. Yep. I'm like, okay, Pat gets it. He knows what we need to do here. I don't know if the message isn't getting through to the other bowlers, or they change tactics. But Cummins has actually started to bowl outside off a little bit and make them play on the offside instead of just smacking it yeah. into the crowd on leg side. Um, so Cummins clearly got the message or he kind of woke up to it. Mm. But but yeah, it was it was it was really frustrating to watch, obviously in a bunch of WhatsApps, chats and it's Twitter. The whole of Australia, the whole of Australia was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Everyone was yep. saying the I, same thing. Everyone was just absolutely dumbfounded, like, what are you guys doing? This is madness. I, I think the only thing I'll I'll give Pat the benefit of the doubt is it happened so fast, right? Like Stokes suddenly he wasn't batting like that before Besto got was dismissed, and then he's just gone. All oh, right, okay, and went fuck it, let's go, and it all happened in what felt like the blink of an eye. And he, he talked a bit about it in the in the post match about how how quickly things seem to be happening and how you struggle to to st- to stem the bleeding. Yep. And but it, but the opposite side of that is you kept pitching it in yeah. short, so. Like, at what point do you go, well, this isn't working? Yeah, so, I mean, if I... Obviously, the short bowling on a pitch that was not offering much in the way of bounce or pace... Just sitting up. ...was, was, was yeah. one thing. Bowling Stark with the angle of the wind into Stokes's arc, another thing. I was uh, most... Well, not most upset, but I was also very, I guess, frustrated at... I think I don't know if there was hubris in the way we bowled because we had such a big lead and that, that we thought that we had a lot of runs to yeah. play with. But the the decision, like, you've got to take some risks in the fourth innings if you want to get 10 wickets to win the test. 
And I don't think we did enough to keep Stuart Broad on strike as much. Because not only was Stokes early in the over, he obviously wasn't taking singles, but then, and this is another thing that Punter was getting apoplectic about, bring the field in. Just leave a yeah. few out, sure. Yes. But just bring some of the fielders in. Yep. Try and keep uh, Stokes on strike for that over. So you've got a full over at Broad. And I think the one time that they did manage to keep Broad, uh, Stokes, or start the over at Broad, he got a single first ball. Yeah. Um, and if and if you oh, don't want to and if you don't want to bring the field up, just bowl wide. Just guarantee that he's not going to get a shot on it. Bowl a wide Yorker. Bowl a bouncer so ridiculously <laughs> outside the stratosphere that he just can't do something different. But it just felt it's like pretty hard to hit. Into it's this pretty pattern. hard. To, it's pretty hard to hit a six over square leg when it's a Yorker outside off. Exactly. Yeah. And like, like I'm sorry. Yeah, they needed to. I think they needed to counter some of that T20 batting with a bit of T20 bowling. They missed. They did miss Nathan Lyon too. Yeah, and, we, and 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 here's here's the other dumb part about that that game plan, right? So, yes. So the pitch is slow. So you you bang it in and the ball comes off slow. But it's an effort for the bowlers to keep bowling short yeah. too. They got Tires way more tired, way more quickly. Yep. Yeah. And so then they then they the line and length really suffers. Like we we won the test, but gee, we didn't. It, it marks a few things that we didn't do well, doesn't yeah, it? I was, yeah, yeah. Like I've said, I've, I was home hoping that they don't take, you know, the the result and the the eventual quick demise of the tail after Stokes got out as any sort of validation that that tactic worked. And going back to Cameron Green, what we spoke about earlier, we referenced it before, but his spell before lunch was probably one of the worst spells of bowling I've ever seen. And obviously, part of that was just he was bowling to whatever their plan was. We disagree with yeah. the plan. But after lunch, when he came back in, and everyone was like, oh, God, here we go again, he was bowling at Fuller, and I thought his spell after lunch was way better. Like, it was night and it was a yeah, different bowler. Like, he had been in the lab with Michael Jordan getting some of that secret stuff, but he came out after lunch, and he just... He bowled <laughs> Fuller. He not attacked the stumps, but he just mixed it up a little bit, and they couldn't hit him away. They really dried up, so I thought that was some nice little growth there, if not a bit of, like, bloody about time, fellas. Like, what are we doing? Yep, agreed. Nothing more to add. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that line. I forgot to bring it up earlier. Um, calf injury, not great. As someone who's done a soft tissue in hilarious fashion, it's never nice. Um, but what? Oh, it's funny when you. Yeah, do it. well, it was funny when you do both hamstrings at the same time. I, I can, I'll tell you that. I just, I, I wish there was. On behalf of the spectators at the uh, Charles <laughs> Bean Oval at the University of Technology, North Taramara. Uh, Lidfield, wherever the hell it is, I don't know. Some, um, but I found what I found the funniest about Lyon was, I think everyone assumed he wasn't like the show. We're just going to bat ten deep. He wasn't going to come out. But, but oh when yeah, he, that was great. But when he wheeled himself out there, and the the all the all the doctors and all the like, this is career threatening on the line here. It's almost as if Pat Cummins had filmed a hostage video where he's got lying oh, at gunpoint yeah, yeah. behind some shady curtain going, you will get out there. You'll wear some of these 115 kilometer an hour bounces from Ollie Robinson. You'll do your job for the team. And it's almost as if Lyon was just like wheeled out there like patient zero. Whereas he said, uh, he said I after think... the day, no, nah, it was my call. Like what else am I going to do this test? Nothing. So I might as well get out there and have a swing. The, um, the funniest part of it was him sitting in the long room because 
he didn't want to yeah. find out. <laughs> like, it was going to take him that long to get to the middle when the wicket fell. So he was like, I'm going to sit here with, with all the toffs and all the, all the members and just so, I, just so I can get to the middle in time. I actually wondered if he, um, he'd done done hard but if he'd uh, ang- angered the cricket gods because all the hoo-ha before the test was he was the first bowler to play 100 the tests and oh he's yeah. never been hurt never been injured i'm like never oh, missed geez. the test yeah geez yeah. in my in my history that's just uh tempting fate what happens he gets his first injury and <laughs> yeah. yeah for the series it's not even like a, a little rolled ankle or no, anything it's like a proper injury it's, it's and it's it's an old man injury too i, I speak oh, really? experience. <laughs> yeah 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 like a uh, a calf is a uh, that that's a sign of aging. Yeah, right. Uh, what I found funniest, well, first of all, obviously, it wasn't funny. A great bit of fielding on the rope from Ray and Ahmed to stop the Stark Six, but then the real, the realization of Lion, like, oh fuck, I've committed halfway up the pitch here. I might as well. Yeah, yeah. I might <laughs> yeah. as well hop the rest of the way, and then immediately he collapsed. Like, oh no, he's done something worse. Like, no, no, no. I think he's just cooked. I don't think there's. <laughs> oh yeah, like you can't tear it any no. worse. Like I think that's. I think that's half the rationale for him batting, right? Like he couldn't no. have made it any worse. So, no. but I, I just just bring back the runner for, for people like that. Like seriously, I, I don't know why he couldn't have just got out there and just done some throwdowns, just some one step, roll the arm overs, <laughs> or just but, get hit no, in the head. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, fun, the funniest part was yeah, well, well, yeah, well. We'll get, yeah, the funny, the funniest part to me was that he's still outscored two of England's top six and broke even with <laughs> Harry Brook as well in the second innings. Yeah. So yeah, he, yeah. He, he broke even or beat three of England's top six batsmen on one leg as awesome. a number ten, uh, number 11. So that, that, that's the apparently. real spirit of cricket. <laughs> I mean, that that concussion stuff, I I don't know. That was just, I could see that it was obviously a joke, but obviously Lyon didn't interpret it like that. No, no. And Ke- Kevin Peterson's made a career of saying stupid things. He's been saying it for 20 years, and it's good to see that even in the commentary box, those absolute brain farts of comments continue because he, he can just say, he just says what's on his mind. He has no filter. He, he never stops and thinks about what he's saying. And, you know, part of that, the attraction with KP is that he's a loose cannon. But uh, I was kind of interested to hear Nathan Lyon talk back and say it's actually kind of insulting because I lost one of my best mates to getting hit in the head, and I don't think it's funny. No. So it's, it's, it's a fair. Um, it's a fair retort. It was interesting that, that Punter, who had kind of gone along with what KP was saying in a joking way, it was clearly not serious, but Punter gave the apology on, on Channel 9's broadcast, which I thought was interesting, and I thought maybe that they got Punter to make the, the clarification, not so much an apology, it was more a clarification. I'm wondering if they got him to do it because just simply it's an Australian broadcast yeah. and they wanted, they wanted that to have more credibility. I think that's probably I think that's probably true. Yeah, no, no one would have accepted it if it came from KP. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if he knows how to say sorry, KP. <laughs> um, couple, I don't know if you. It was a pretty uncontroversial test from my point of view, but there were a couple of <laughs> couple of incidents <laughs> be- before we get to the main one. The start catch. Now I missed it live because it was late and I was asleep. But when I saw it, I was like. That's a catch. What a joke. And then I heard the explanations and I was like, well, I still don't like it, but I can, I get it now. Like, I'm fine with it. I, I have an issue with the interpretation, right? Because if that's the case, then Cam Green's in the test before wasn't a, and wasn't a catch, right? 
sorry, in the in the test in the World Test World Test Series. Yeah, 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 the World Test Series. So that wasn't a catch, right? So which is it? I just think if you've got like they're like, well, you haven't got control of your body, but you've got control of the ball, then it's it's not out. To me, that's nonsensical, and I get we're we're, we're dangerously close to the NFL's what is a catch, that's right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so uh, the only thing that kind of made me pause and think it wasn't ridiculous is Mike Athen was talking about if he slides and touches the boundary, then it's four. So he clearly doesn't have control. I, I, I can kind of start to see if I squint a little bit, start to see the point there. Um, but I mean, that's been a catch for as long as I've been watching cricket. He had complete control. He did a fantastic effort. Um, he was in complete control. I, I can see why there are two sides of this coin and why people are upset. Um, but I mean, you've got to give the credit Australia. They t- they took their lumps and got on with it. There was no whinging, yeah. there was no whining. Yeah. They weren't talking about it three days later, like a <laughs> three days other. later. Yeah. We didn't have so, um, Andrew Bolt uncensored trying to get any English journalists on. Yeah, yeah. so I, I can I can see by to the letter of the law, the right call was made. Yep. So yep. I, I get it, but it's just I, I do think they probably need to look at that interpretation because that was complete control. You, you can't exactly. take a ball more clearly than the clean length than that. Especially now, I, I didn't even know that the body part came into it. Oh, that was the first time. I'd never heard that. I'm, I'm a cricket nutter, and you know? I'd never heard that interpretation. To be honest, no, no, same, same. Because I, I did, I appreciated the explanation from Jeff Lemon, where he goes, "You've seen it a million times, where a player takes a catch, and then their elbow or their wrist or whatever hits the ground, and the ball pops out, and by mm. flipping your arm around." You mitigate that risk, and sure, he's probably not going to drop it, but you just don't know. I still don't, like, uh, sure. But that explanation I can kind of also re- rationalise with where Starks used the ground to minimise the risk of him bumping the ball out of his hands if, that rather than if his hand was facing skyward. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit side-eye that Stark had time to, and the wherewithal to actually do that consciously. I, I, I just think it's just the angle at which he took the, the catch. It's a clean catch, as far as I'm concerned. Well, the, I, yeah, I'm not sure he did it deliberately to stop the ground. No, of course not. No, but I but think it does open that's, a, that's, that's control of the body, though, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing, though, Corgi. Like, it opens up a Pandora's box, because if you take the catch, and then to, to get up off the ground, if you've slid, you have to push up. Like literally, to, like how mm. else do you get up on your feet? So at what point have you stopped and got control of your body? Because you slide, you put your hands down to get up. Like does that is that no longer going to be a catch then? Because yeah, like you have to do it with one hand. You have to hold your hand in the air the whole yeah, time. Yeah. Like, when do you have control? When you're standing on two feet and you've stopped? Well, to get up on two feet, you have to push up <laughs> off the ground. Like, like it's a bit. It's a bit. I appreciated weird, but... the the point, but I forget who it was. But I think was it Ponting who was like, "Mate, slips catches. They catch it and it's gone." In like half a second. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the ground is an extra layer of the rules that we did. Uh, sorry, the body is an extra layer of the rules. And I, I, I made the the, <clears throat> the straw man argument then of when um uh when Carey took the catch for Ben Stokes in the second innings. I didn't know if he was in full control of his body because I saw his massive dick <laughs> waving around the place in celebration. <laughs> So you know where where's the line? Where is the line? You know. Well, well, don't ask Besto. He doesn't know where the line no. is. No, no. What a segue! All right. <laughs> By the letter of the law, it was out. 
I, I don't appreciate the arg- any argument that starts with, by the letter of the law, it was out, but. As soon as you say but, stop talking, go, oh, yeah, we're go done away. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk to you. There is no but. What, yeah. what but? There's no other sport that I know of, that I follow, where there is a None. set of rules, and then there's a set of imaginary friendship rules <laughs> that, you know, you have to win the game, but you have to do it in a really nice way. Like what? There, I mean, I don't even know where to start on this. The, the, the levels of hypocrisy, the level of stupidity, the, the, the thought that it would have been different if it was ball three versus ball six, but because it was the end of the over, that makes it unsportsmanlike. The fact that all the receipts have come out and England have been caught doing it, McCullen's been caught doing it. It, it, it's it's so stupid. I can't believe that this is even a thing. That that type of shit happens once and over in club cricket here in Australia. We had a we had a guy, oh, yeah. our wicket keeper. We used to call him the stormtrooper because he always missed. He he would always <laughs> bloody have a shot at the stumps and just what are you doing? Just fucking give it back to the bowl. And he'd always try to have a go. You know, Bearstow has been caught doing this three or four times. You know, it's just. I, Sorry, I'm rambling. I just cannot believe that this is even an issue. It is legitimate just, mode of dismissal. It was shockingly bad cricketing from Bearstow. It was he he made three mistakes. He didn't even turn around to see where the ball had gone, which is just bad yep. batting. He left his crease before the ball was dead, and he does not get to make the choice when the ball is dead. This is the that's, most arrogant, that's not what I've, lazy this is thing. thing. This, and this is, this you, is the thing where I'm at yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. And sorry, just before we go on, I just want to segue slightly. How good are, uh, are wiki keeper nicknames? Like we, uh, when I was when I was playing, we, we called our wiki keeper uh, Speed Hump because he didn't stop them; he just slowed them down. <laughs> no, we, didn't, we didn't have any fun. Either. We were a very uncreative team. Um, but just getting back to it, I just the people deciding that that Besto because he scratched, you know, and and. T- you know, tapped his bat and whatever else, and it was the end of the over. He doesn't get to decide when the ball is dead. And the other part of this is, oh, every single English person who has defended Bester was the start catch was out by the letter of the law. So if we're going by the letter of the law, what the fuck are we doing? Like, you can't have this both ways and then suddenly decide that the spirit of the game gets to be invoked because you don't like what happened. Because in the words of Michael Atherton, Johnny Bairstow went with a dozy cricketer. It's just dozy cricket, he said, and he's bang on. They, Five they, separate English captains said this is out, and they would have done the same thing. But they, they complain it is against the spirit of the game. It is literally written as one of the tenets of the spirit of the game is accepting the umpire's decision. So, yep. so, so, you, but you, but then that part you're ignoring. But this part over here, no, we're going to. This is the holy grail here. The, the levels of hypocrisy and the levels of gymnastics that, that they're doing to try to get themselves into a position to make an argument, and then when that argument falls down, then they fall down to this, and then oh, you know, Bersto tried to get Labuschagne out. Oh yeah, but he was batting out of his crease. Yes, and Bersto was out of his crease. Oh, but he wasn't taking a run. Oh, so if I get stumped tomorrow. But yeah, just, yeah. I wasn't taking a run. I'm taking a pre-run. A shot, it's a pre-run. Yeah. That's, so that's the thing. He's just out stumped. So stupid. Yeah. He's out stumped. He wasn't out run out. He was out stumped. That's the end of story. <laughs> um, just of, tell your story, Walker. Uh, uh, yeah, Johnny. Johnny Walker. But of all the um, yeah, of all the receipts that have come out, which one's your personal favourite? Oh, good question. I'll tell you. My one is the um, 
the one I referenced earlier when they uh, when Ryan Sidebottom knocks over uh, fucking Grant Elliott in a one day yeah. and then the keeper or whoever runs him out because I think there's several things in that one the the whole point of this debate isn't whether it was out or not it's whether they should have withdrawn the appeal in that same clip Paul Collingwood who is now the English vice uh, vice cap uh, assistant coach was the captain of that ODI side they asked him do you want to withdraw the appeal and he went no no, no. and then yeah. Green, Green Elliott was filthy um, the I don't think Green Elliott would have been run out if he wasn't knocked over because it wasn't like there was a guy right next to the ball when it happened it was a drop and run it was next to the pitch but some guy had to jog across to pick the ball up and then just lob it at the stumps for another guy to take the bowels off so would he have been run out I don't know but if that's a whole thing about spirit of the game and withdrawing the appeal well if it was good enough for Paul Collingwood 15 years ago it's good enough for me now as far as I'm concerned yeah yeah. so there were there were two things I thought of um, and one of them was um, a, a long time ago Dean Jones got dismissed off a no ball the Windies and started walking off he was in the West Indies that's right started walking off and then they ran him out because it was a no ball <laughs> and they and they did not call him back. And like, that was just, and he's like, and everyone, everyone howled about it, but to the letter of the law, it's, it's out. And that comes yeah, back I mean, to favorite... like, you know, self, self-governance, umpiring your own Yeah, game. yeah. Yep. It's my just, favorite was, uh, um, the hypocrisy of it. Yeah, my I favorite was definitely the best I won in county cricket where the yes, standing that's up a good to the stumps, one. I think to a medium pace, yeah. and he sits there and he waits and waits and waits until, waits. The, until the guy just lifts his foot slightly and yeah. then takes it off. Now, that's still oh, that was brilliant cricket. got no issue with that. Intelligent. But, but oh, that is, that is 10 yeah, times yeah. way more deceitful than what Carey did. Um, and, you know, for McCallum to come out, he says he doesn't want to have a beer with us. Like, yeah, cool. That's great, mate. I'm not sure you're going to be invited that's in anyway. Don't, don't want to have a beer no. with the Kiwi coach of England anyway. He, but then he, the he other... comes out and he says, oh, you know, I had a win at all cost mentality when I played. Well, clearly it didn't cost you, mate, because you didn't win that much anyway. But that's, 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 that's no, no, exactly. Point. But like, no, no, he says, no, no. oh, 10 years later, I regretted it. And bullshit, I mate. You were standing up yeah. and you were doing a Lord's speech. Oh, the, is this the early run out? Thing. And yeah, it was yeah, virtual signaling one. of the yeah. highest. That Senkakara was there. Sorry, was it Senkakara? He was the... No, he ran out Kumar got the 100, yeah, though. It was, yeah, he ran out. Yeah, it was Kumar's hundred. But Kumar got the hundred, and Kumar was actually at that 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 dinner, and he looked at him and he, he apologized in front of everyone. But it was ten years after he retired, right? So if in ten years' time we regret this, fine. But to, to say get up on your high horse because you've had a lot of time to reflect on your career and, and the things that you did wrong, that's different, mate. And so you know, I would have thought all people that actually understood it would be McCallum, and he's actually been the one that's been most emotional about, it, which actually caught me by surprise to be honest, because he's a pretty level-headed guy, if I'm honest. So no, I, mean, I think I can only think that, yeah. I can only think that the, the two-nil pressure has got to them. Have to you be honest? This is the other thing, right? It's the perfect cover for them. No one's talking about the fact they're down two-nil. No one's talking about the fact that Basball has been this dismal failure. Um, the other example I was. Thinking of like you were asking what what the favourite sort of receipt was. Well, the the one from Travis Head about what he said to Bairstow, and he goes, "Would you have whipped the bales off?" And Bairstow yeah. goes, "Oh yeah, I absolutely would have." And then Bloody runs oath. off. Bloody oath, I would have. Like, mm. and he's been real quiet, hasn't he? Like Bairstow hasn't had a lot to say. He knows. He absolutely fucking knows that he was. He did something completely stupid at a critical juncture of the test, 
and got caught and paid a, a really high price for it. If I can read a, an excerpt from a really well-written article I just found on the internet. Um, <laughs> Besto, cheeks burning from embarrassment and rage, choking back at the spit as he robotically conducted the post-game handshakes, which, by the way, death stares, through gritted teeth, hid behind Ben Stokes and McCullum, who raised their dream catches and scrapbooks and spoke of the virtues of friendship and butterflies and rainbows. I read this article. It's so good. <laughs> uh, that, that, I, I wrote that. Just, you know, check it out. But um, no, it's like, yeah, I don't expect Bearstow to come out and say anything, but like, take some accountability for your fuck up, bro. Like, he's been so quiet. It's been so he's funny. eating. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Someone, someone rolled a Mars bar down there. But yeah, went, went, for, went for a walk for the first time in two years and got punished. But um, <laughs> did, did you see the, the the quote that... um? So obviously, as we all remember, Stuart Broad nicked off and didn't walk. And walking's a different thing. I I don't care about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, And the walk, like, Stuart yeah. Broad's a, a dickhead, but like he didn't walk, whatever. No one's going to walk unless you're Adam Gilchrist. Although Ben Stokes walked in the last Ashes, but I'm pretty sure that we're going to review that anyway. So whatever. But... After that incident, uh, Stuart Broad said, no one remembers these little moments. People remember if you win or lose the series. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure they lost that series, but whatever. Um, Okay. But now he's gone into... Who's he right for? The male? Yeah, it's the male. And had a a massive whinge about, you know, repairing our image from Sandpaper Gate. And I thought you were better than this. And Pat Cummins is generally a, a top bloke, but... In a quiet moment of reflection, he's going to sit down and realize, oh, maybe I got that wrong. And I'm just sitting there reading that going, fuck off. No, 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 mirror, no mirrors in the, in the, in the broad house household. Um, look, he, he loves that role though. And yeah. I think we, we lose our minds a little bit. I like short broad, broad as a villain. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he is, he is a perfect villain. And if he was Australian, we'd, we'd have, <laughs> like the, I put him in the same category Virat Kohli's a different kind of villain because he's just so damn good and he's, he doesn't mind telling people that he's good. But Stuart Broad is no less of a villain and it's for the same reason that I, I quite like him. No. He, he loves that role and, and plays it to, he, to the the Yeah, to that point, Smithy, I actually think I, it's, it's an orchestrated strategy from Broad. He's actually yeah, very absolutely. smart. He, he, he's doing yeah. things to get under our skin to take our mind off the game. He's trying to get Kerry to think about anything other than his keeping. That's uh, I actually yeah. think that's smart. The rest of them are just whinging. <laughs> oh no, no. So like, what he did when he when he came out to bat, okay, fine. He lost his mind a little bit, and went off <laughs> everyone. That's fine. But the the the, the pantomime of yeah. you know making sure that he was in when when over was called, like, and as he even said in the column that he goes, look, I pr- I probably annoyed them for the first ten minutes of it, but after that, the Aussies were probably bored. He kept <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, but yeah. I do appreciate. Um, like yeah, I don't like Shilpa, but I appreciate his role as a villain, and I think he's quite entertaining. If nothing else, I I much prefer Stuart Broad as a villain to because he's actually you know done stuff in the game, and he's he, going to get down as one of the best Test cricket bowlers compared to Ollie Robinson mouthing off, bowling his oh, bowling his one twenty k you know pies and saying we got three number elevens and giving Usman the send off. Who by the way, when Usman got a hundred and 34,000 runs, send off. Ben Stokes gets the 150, handshakes. Or we tried. He obviously was not having it, but, you know, tried to. 
give him a pat on the back. I'm, where was the send off? I'm curious. I'm curious. Where, where yeah, was the yeah. spirit? Of, where was the spirit of the game yeah, when yeah. Ollie Robinson told him to fuck off? I'm curious. England, England. Yeah, yeah. That was, was at the bottom of a bottle. Yeah, that, that doesn't count. Yeah. That doesn't count. It was at the bottom of a bottle of port. No, it's because it's <laughs> the fourth ball of the over, and as we all know, yeah. the, the spirit of the yeah, game that, only that, comes. And he's a left-handed batsman. That's right, and he's Australian. So, but well, I thought England would appreciate a batsman not born in the country they're representing. You'd think that, and then, then you see the confrontation in the long room. So. Yeah, let's talk about the long room. Mm. My God. I thought... It was interesting. Um, one of the commentators, I think it was Strauss. I know the said, point you're oh, going to make. Yeah, Lords was full of people who don't yes. normally come to Lords. Yeah. Did, I, uh, I didn't like that. It's the members. No, I didn't like it either, because first, first of all, it was the members. Yep. Second of all, that's just smacks of classism and trying to lay the blame at uncouth people, as Marina Hyde said who have somehow landed themselves a 25-pound ticket. Like, it is just pure classism. Like, the, those Lords members were a disgrace. There's no other word for it. Yeah, as, it, as your favourite writer's favourite writer. It's an absolute privilege. It's an absolute privilege for those MCC members to, to have that close contact to yep. both the home team and the away team. Yep. There, there is nothing else like it in world cricket. There's nothing like like else. In, there's nothing else like it in world sport. Um, I know they pay for that privilege, but it is it's it's part of the game. It's tradition that the opposing teams love it. They you know, always talk about mm-hmm. in, in quite revering kind of language around that's just like nothing else having to walk through that crowd. It is a real privilege for them to absolutely abuse that privilege is ridiculous and as jeff lemon said there's no way only three of them should be uh, reprimanded or lose their membership or whatever the, the punishments are exactly. there was a whole bunch of people that crossed the line there uh and mcc's yeah. just done some token bloody punishments or even if they even have it's just been reported they have whether they have not yet but you know they've they've abused that privilege if i'm honest and that that's what's probably most upsetting is that it's a real honor to be that close to a team and they threw it out the window yeah I'm sure. I'm sure it was just a coincidence that the only person they really truly heckled was the the person with brown skin and and who was a Muslim. Well, I was going to yeah. say. Who does nothing? Say... Who's the nicest guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say you'd think that after the ICEC report came out that they, they, mm-hmm. they'd like they would try and you know at least massage the optics and not you know the whole Usman thing. But then also you know Andrew Strauss coming out and saying you know these ruffians infiltrating my yeah my sport don't they have don't don't they have darts to go watch or something yeah yeah no nah, yeah that it, <clears throat> i and Cummins said it post game usman even said it as well in his on-field interview after the game which i thought was really introspective just going oh it was it's a, it's a privilege we love coming here and playing and that whole thing of walking through the long room it's almost um I don't know what the word is. It's almost like it's historic. You're walking through time almost. But, yeah, sacred. It is. but some of the, some of the shit that they were saying, like, I'm not just going to stand there and cop it because they're, they all work in finance and their dads bought them a yacht and all this. I might, <laughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but I'm not going to sit here and take making it. it up. I'm not, I'm, I'm not taking this crap from <laughs> Quentin Breckenridge and all his tough mates. <laughs> Look, th- th- those names were made up, but it, the joke is that it was so plausible that it's, it's absolutely believable, right? 100%. Like a couple of couple of double-barreled two dad names, and and it it makes perfect sense. I mean, this is a club that didn't allow women in until what twenty years ago. 
Yeah. No, not even. I think it was the late 90s. But yeah. I mean, part of the problem with all this hoo-ha and, you know, us being called cheats and, you know, the whole Lord's crowd getting on us and now all the press is is Sandpaper Gate casts a fairly long shadow. Um, and the reason why, why we're copying a lot of this stuff can hark back to that because, you know, we've got something that I don't think we're ever going to be able to scrub our hands free of. I think this will be something that's on the cricket Australia resume for 100 years. And any time we run ever so slightly foul of the law or perceived to be run foul of the law or just push things to the nth degree or, you know, slightly unsportsmanlike, people can raise this up and this is the thing that we have to cop is, is that there's a certain element of not necessarily truth, but... Um, we, you know, we've created a rod for our own back where people believe that we are cheats and we are unsportsmanlike because of some of our history. Well, I wonder what Marcus Treskothic thinks about that. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, that's what riles me about this is the hypocrisy there. Mm. Like, we we came down extremely yeah, hard. Yeah, the ICC on... ban is one game, right, for ball tampering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then Cricket Australia went like, no, no, we'll, we'll we're going to really Ban the greatest batsman of all time for a whole year, just waste a year of his career. Yeah. Um, I went to New York and <laughs> um, alone. Um, train spotting. So, yeah, exactly. He went train spotting. <laughs> um, but the English didn't do that. Like, as you said, Triscothic with the mints, and mm-hmm. they, they ball tampered just as they badly. They got knighthoods. And got caught and got knighthoods. So, I, I did this cheat. Like, my mentions have been full <laughs> Convict scum, you cheats! Always, you always. And that's cheat just your daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, both my kids routinely own me online. I've, I've long since accepted that. I've created two little monsters there, um, and I've never been prouder. Um, but they, the hypocrisy of it's just stunning for me. I, I can't get my head around it. I, I love the convicts call because I'm like, I am so grateful for my great oh, yeah. great grandfather oh, for yeah. stealing that loaf of bread. Because otherwise, my <laughs> otherwise my I would be over there, fucking, fucking going for England with my. What, what's the punishment being sent to a nicer place? Yeah. Oh, oh no, they're going to send me to this amazing island where we're <laughs> going to have fantastic weather and fucking not whinge about everything. Oh yeah, terrible. I am a convict proudly. Can't relate. Fly the flag, Oak. Ah oh, dear. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? Well. Tying into that, Alex Carey's now the song master. <laughs> I wonder if that was done on purpose. Oh, it absolutely was. Really, yeah, cool. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> Does Nathan Lyon get to choose it? Don't yeah. You hand it down, don't you? Isn't it something yeah, like, yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. So Lyon's like, take this, my son. Proud lineage. Yep. Uh, we've seen England's team for Headingley. We kind of already spoke about it briefly up top. Um, they got a long tail now. Molin Ali's batting at seven. Chris Wokes coming in oh. to replace a batsman in Ollie Pope, who is averaging 22 in this series. So it's probably a bigger loss for us than them. But, I mean... They talked about us having three number 11s. I mean, I, I actually... I quite like Chris Wokes. That's the thing. But I don't... I don't understand What's his, what logic. does Wokes average? Uh, probably better than Hamid's. I don't know. Um... <laughs> I just don't understand the logic of replacing a batsman with a, a bowling all-rounder, in essence. Um, and again, I haven't. We don't know what the Headingley pitch is going to do. Maybe it is going to be an absolute turn. Uh, Twenty-eight is Wokes' average. Oh. Well, Broad's come okay. out and said that the, the three um, the three pitches now will have to be results pitches, 
um, because you know. I was going to say they're going to juice the they're going to juice the fuck out of this, which is fine by us. Like we've got the better. Yeah, volume. great. But, but Let's I did go. find I did yeah. find a little bit funny that Stuart Broad said, "Oh, we're going to have to have results pitches now." Oh, so what are you suggesting the first two were then? Buzzball pitches. Exactly. It's not exactly yeah, yeah. spirit of the game, is it? So they were again, to pitches. your point, Smith, the, the, the hypocrisy is wide, vast, and varied. It's hilarious. They've really outdone themselves. And they're very, and they're extremely not mad about it. <laughs> Did you accept Piers Morgan's invitation? <laughs> he couldn't pay me enough. I like how he asked Merv Hughes on publicly, oh. and Merv's like, "I already answered you Maybe. privately. Why would you take yeah, yeah. this to yeah. social media?" No. <laughs> Hashtag flog. I think the screenshot of him tweeting about when he when he met Ian Chapel when he was out here in the show. <laughs> Yeah, that... and he's like, Ian Chapel was like, "Nah, mate, you're a dickhead." <laughs> Hi, Mr. Chapel. I'm Piers Morgan. Nah, nah, yeah. not having it. Nah, mate, you're yeah. a dickhead. See ya. <laughs> um, uh, Josh Tung, one one test needs a rest. Jimmy Anderson also out for Mark Wood and well, yeah, Wokes and Ali. So that's the three changes. I th- I'm surprised Mark Wood didn't play at Lords. I think. There was rumours that he was hurt, but I don't know how true they were. Yeah, I, I saw that as well. I'm, I'm assuming he wasn't 100%, otherwise surely he would have played. I mean, he's quite erratic, but I mean, bloody hell, he bowls faster than a lazy off-spinner, so... Yeah, he's quick. Give him, give, yeah. give him a go. But, yeah, I don't know. They still don't really... The changes don't necessarily make me sit up and go, oh, shit. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's what they really glad, wanted. I'm glad you're not Who, worried about um, facing a test well, attack. The, what do we What do we think the Australian bowling lineup looks like? Uh, I think Boland comes in for Hoff, right? Yeah. I would. I and would Murphy say that's my for line. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah. hate seeing Nessa, but I don't think they'll pick him. No, is Nessa in the squad? I think Boland comes back in. Yeah. Is Nessa in the squad? He is. Yeah, so is Mitch Marsh. Yeah. There's another option. If Cam Green keeps underperforming. <laughs> Can you note. imagine the meltdown? <laughs> I mean, I don't think any... Like, they're not going to... Like, the top six... The top seven, sorry, is settled. I, I know there was a bit of angst around Cam Green, but yeah, like we said earlier, they're not dropping him, and I don't think they right. should. What if he makes a pair? What if he makes a pair and doesn't take a wicket? Uh, just, we, I'm just, if we, if we, I'm just if throwing we, that out there. If we win, they won't do anything. That's what I was going to say. If we win, no. Okay. What if we don't well, win? Why are, you, why are you like this? Oh, come on. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> just connecting dots, eh? <laughs> well, if he so, gets a pair and we... If, he gets, if it gets a pair and we lose and he doesn't do much with the ball, that, that and I think the the descent will get louder, but I still don't think they'll drop it. gets hotter. Yeah, so yeah. here's yeah. something I go back to when Cam Green first came into the side... And it's something that was kind of started in my mind in my lifetime with Jack Callis is that it feels like every team now needs slash wants to have that gun all rounder, whether they've actually got a guy oh, like that yeah, or not. Yeah. They just kind of shoot no, one guy in. We had it with Shane Watson. It was great. Shane Watson's great. But we seemed like we, we tried to shoehorn in this all rounder. We did it with Mitch Marsh. And he had. We did it with Andrew McDonald. <laughs> yeah, we did it with a lot of people. We tried to make Mitchell Johnson an all rounder. 
Well, especially after 2005 when Freddie killed us, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Test, test cricket's actually got a little bit yeah. of copycat mentality. You know, I remember when the Windies were on yeah. top in the 80s, everyone was picking four quicks, even if they didn't have four quicks. They yeah, had the shame that's right. them and everyone yeah, was yeah. picking leg spin. It's like, yeah, your leg spin average is 60, ours average is 25. It's a little bit different. And then when Freddie <laughs> tore everyone apart and then Callis was doing well, everyone wanted an all-rounder. Yeah. But you've got to pick your best 11. You yeah. can't just hope that you've got Every- someone that talented. But everyone seems everyone, to find everyone fall Gilchrist was another one. You know, everyone was picking was, these wicketkeeper batsmen. Yep. It's like, well, yep. no, ours average is 50. It's a little bit different. It's the one in a generation, once in a generation cricketer. Yep. So it, it's kind of funny that everyone kind of falls into that trap. Um, and, you know, to, to Smithy's point, we were picking all-rounders there that weren't even very good shield all-rounders, <laughs> but just everyone thought you had to have an all-rounder. And I mean, my point, but you, you. you do see it when you do have a fairly solid one. It does make such an impact to your team. You can rotate your quicks through. It just gives you so much better balance. And But, you know, that they, they do need to be able to hold their spot as either a top six batsman or a top four bowler. That's generally the thought that you need to be able to, to do one of those two things. Um, um, yeah, and I mean, that's yeah. that's what I was getting at is, let, let's say, Green warrants dropping. Do you, you, are you going to replace him with Marsh? Or are you going to bring in, I don't know, who are the other batsmen on tour? I think... Marcus Harris. Marcus Harris? <laughs> Fuck me. Do you bring <laughs> in Jim... No. Renshaw. Jimmy Renshaw. Pearson as a specialist bat? No, yeah. Yeah, you'd imagine... Because Renshaw, Renshaw bats, I think, six now for Queensland, doesn't he? I think he's not yeah, opening yeah. anymore. Yep. So, I mean, I'd yeah. probably lean towards that. But, I mean, Green just, even if nothing else, he just provides rest. And I think that's what made him so vital. Imagine if Lyon goes down and we yeah. don't have that all-rounder. We're relying on... No, I agree. Three, like, I'm we're just... relying on three pacemen yeah. to do 80 overs odd of bowling. Or we're going to throw the ball to someone like Travis Head, who bowled well, but someone to like Travis Head or Manus when Ben Stokes is getting in that mood on a smaller gr- a ground with a, a run chase in sight. So I think, yeah, as, as much as Green probably didn't have his best game with the ball, if nothing else, he was still semi-useful in that respect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, no, fair. No, absolutely. But no, I wouldn't drop him. And I don't know if that's a question. I'm just... No, no, I'm just spitballing it because I just... I think, as, as we've said, everyone wants him to succeed so badly. But yeah, if it comes to worse. What's the what are yeah, the alternatives? If I was to drop him, I don't. I think I'll just pick another batsman. I don't think I would try and shoehorn another all around it. Oh, you can't. No, no, and we're not. We're not going down the Mitch Market <laughs> again. I mean, they probably will, though. You know, oh, it's funny. It would be hilarious from that point of view, just for the the content. Speaking but, of um, spirit of the game, could you imagine? Because remember when the Marsh brothers scored centuries in the same test and like they celebrated mid pitch without completing the run? What if that one of them had gotten run out? Run out. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> Good times. Uh, you're not going to believe this, but the the punters have a few questions. One of them. You've got punters. I know. Oh, jeez. I'd had to pay some of these guys. Um. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of this guy. Hendo has a question. Who? He- at Hendo Hoops. Uh, I, I think he's know. a big fan of Tesla. If, he, if, he, if he's typed this question, you might not be able to read it because he's probably mashed the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Without yeah. the Bearstow controversy, wouldn't this series just be another squiddish Australia- Aussies predictably up to nil bore fest? Or- no, I don't agree. <laughs> Are you just saying that because it's him? Um uh, partially, um, no, but I don't agree anyway. Because simply because of the baseball stuff, um, I think 
what Australia has done, like given the the World Test Championship stuff, and then they've they've come to England and there's been this hype about baseball, and they've shown what happens when you, you meet a team who has better talent and better nous and more experience with with those sort of plans, I guess. And I just I just don't think. Regardless of the Bairstow stuff, I just I, I think there would there would be much more heat certainly on on McCullum and England without it. I don't think this is a warfare play any stretch of the imagination. But if, if the Bairstow incident didn't happen, we'd be talking about Ben Stokes's innings because it is literally one of the best innings in Test cricket history. Oh, for sure, for and, sure. And, and, and the shame is, yes, it's over. You know, their tactics of talking about this so it overshadows a two 0 It's also overshadowed one of the best Test innings you'll see. Um, so there would be plenty also, to talk about if we were talking about stumping. Yeah. It's, it's a great test. You know, Stark's yeah. in-swinging Yorker, the yeah. Stark's catch. Yep. You know, there, there, there's plenty yep. of Smith's 100, you know, Warner coming back to form. There, there's, there'd be plenty of things to talk about if this didn't overshadow everything. Yeah. Uh, AJ Mithin, what chance are the Aussies at turning this disastrous series around down 0-2 in entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> God, I hope we can pull this out of the fire. <laughs> oh god we've been really boring it's true winning is really boring <laughs> yeah I like my England I like my stroke play agricultural not conventional I'm I'm, I'm really tired of us winning <laughs> <laughs> do you see Albo same old Aussies always winning well I, I yeah, usually don't get around pol- politicians doing that but in this I'll make an exception whoever, in this case whoever wrote that for him <laughs> <fine. laughs> uh, Maddie has two questions uh, firstly, a question for you, Steve. How did it feel to be on the field when the whole Bearstow thing went down? What was said between the players? Uh, I I do not play and tell. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not divulging what happens out on the pitch. There, that's 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 sacred. We, we can obviously they both Ben Stokes and Cummins both said this though. But it, to be serious, they they said a lot of the discussion was around whether the umpire had called over, which yeah yeah once that was clear that he hadn't. Well, then like what what. Yeah, that's where it should have ended. Yeah, and I mean Stokes yeah. had the opportunity to protest on the field, and he did, didn't do much. Maybe he just doesn't like batting with Best. Yeah. Best doesn't yeah. punish to bat with. I don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. Um, and then um, a, a bro- I was going to say, was there a second? Yeah, question? The, yeah. The second question is, if you were to from Maddie, uh, if you were to make a cocktail called Spirit of Cricket, what spirit would you use? Ooh. At the moment, because it was a Lord's, I'd say brandy. <laughs> Yeah, a, just some kind of clear liquor that's going to absolutely hurt the next day. Absinthe? Tequila, maybe. Cheap tequila. Yeah. I, I'm thinking absinthe then, if that's the criteria. Well, is there any liquor that's grey? Because it's just one big grey area, so... <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, nice. A, so a tequila and Earl Grey tea mix. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> Served lukewarm. <laughs> like <that. laughs> Uh, and the last question from NRL Physio. How far do you think Baz could take the hive mind Bazball cult he's creating? Spitballing, but reckon a Kevin Bacon's the following might be just over the limit. <laughs> That's a good point. They are pretty cultish. They're like this blind belief in this in this way of cricket and, you know, all roads lead to Baz. It's pretty funny. Um, it's you just know, sad. You could definitely once... see... You could, you definitely see Bez up on a stage with like the microphone to his mouth, preaching to the to the masses around, you know. Oh yeah, 
This, this is the way that we play. There's going to be stained glass yeah, windows the at all the Presbyterian and churches in London now, which is Baz with his bucket hat. Baz. St. Baz. <laughs> um, you know, like, you know, like how we have, you know, we had Kanga cricket, like they've got Baz ball for the juniors as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't someone call it Kanga cricket in the commentary? Oh, that that term was said. And all the Australian, like someone said there were Aussies in the media box that were shaking their... Get out of here. You're not one of us. Stay over there. And and Brad Hogg. My God. I never liked him anyway, but the vindication. I, I did like I did like your comment, Quag, that um, if you're if you go by your middle name, that's an automatic police. Yeah, name. like come what's wrong with George? Jesus. George Hogg. Check his heart. Brad right? Hogg is not yeah. infinitely yeah. cooler than George Hogg. Get out of here, Bradley. No, can't have it. You loser. <laughs> Oh God! And and boycott too. While we're at it, oh no. okay. yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. This if, Jurassic if, Park sequel sucks. If, yeah. if Piers Morgan and bloody and he are having a go, you're kind of starting to feel pretty vindicated that you might be right. Oh yeah. As yeah. long as we yeah. I've yeah. never I've never been more right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just man enough to admit that I'm right. Yeah. Exactly. And this is my public apology. I'm sorry. I'm right all the time. <laughs> like I said, winning gets boring. Um, alright before we get out of here do either of you have anything you would like to promote I know Ryan you said you had something scrapped because you were wrong so don't, never admit that no. you're wrong no it wasn't that I was wrong it's actually going up tomorrow I just had to make a few uh, tweaks to it when Stokes started <laughs> teeing off <laughs> like oh shit yeah, that's no some... longer accurate <laughs> so I had to make um, some legal I'm... changes there was, some def- there was some defamation in there yeah yeah, so it will be up on the Raw. I don't know when this is going to go live, this podcast, but on Thursday, it will be up Thursday morning on the Raw. And it's uh, it's much of what we've talked about today, actually, just uh, the enthralling hypocrisy of baseball. Delightful. Can't wait. Genuinely. Steve? Uh, no, you can just see my demented ramblings on all things basketball and cricket on Twitter, what's left of this dying uh, hellhole of a website. Um, and if should you be lucky enough to get an invite, I'm also over there on Blue Sky as well. So I'll, um, I'll, you can see all my insanity there. Think about using some of your 600 tweets to view St- <laughs> Steve's. <laughs> um, obviously, I referenced it earlier, but beyondthefence.com.au had something go up. Um, I think it wrote it in about 20 minutes, just an absolute word vomit of the spirit of winning. And all that. It's actually a very good piece, Quaggy. I would, I would like it nothing is. more than to slag it, yeah. you off, particularly on your own podcast. But it's actually a very, very good yeah. uh, article, and you should read it, peeps. Pains pains me to say that it's it's shockingly good. It's annoyingly good. Who wrote it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> can I actually co-wrote it? I was, I, I was, it was ghostwritten by David Boone at the Cascade Pub. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Merv Hughes signed it with an X. <laughs> nah, but obviously, yeah, yeah the, the outro's cooked now. I'll edit it in later. Thank you for listening. Uh, follow <laughs> everyone on Twitter. Uh, Ryan doesn't tweet anymore, but, you know, you can follow him anyway. I'm sure he'll like that. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, see you next time. Cheers, lads. Cheers. <laughs>